0: Hello and welcome to the Pray the Miracle podcast. This is a short run podcast of just a few episodes to help you pray the miracle this year. My name is Jimmy Houck. It's my desire that this podcast would be a tool and an encouragement for you this year as you pray for two people who are close to you but far from God. There's so many ways that our prayer can be derailed whether it be discouragement, lack of discipline, the normal distractions of life, or even just not knowing where to start. We created this podcast to dive into some of these topics for discussion and to help you break through those barriers. Let's jump into this week's episode. I'm Jimmy Houck, outreach pastor at Bethany Baptist Church, and I'm here today with Katie Bell. Katie is the wife of our student minister. She's a lifelong member of Bethany, a mother of two and a great role model for the young ladies in our church. Katie's actively involved in mentoring and counseling and biblical studies in our church. Katie, welcome. Would you tell us a little bit about your your education and, and background and maybe share with us a little bit about uh, what kind of influences God has used to shape the way that you think about Him and approach topics like evangelism and prayer?
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I grew up at Bethany, like you said, and I was saved when I was really young through just a lot of godly influences and prayers of people at Bethany. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of faithful, Sunday school teachers and growing up under the solid teaching of Pastor Rich. And those teachers really nourished my faith. And then it placed a deep seated desire to. Reach the lost. So that's kind of where it all started. Praise God. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I kind of became like the annoying kid in my neighborhood where I would sing Jesus loves me as loud as I could (laughs) in case my neighbors (laughs) were outside. Yeah. Um, I had like Muslim neighbors who told me their kid was named after a prophet. And I was like, oh no, let me grab my Bible. And then they were gone when (laughs) I came (laughs) out. They they didn't (laughs) stick around. No. Okay. Yeah. Or even like have friends like, oh, I don't really want to talk about this anymore. And so the Lord really used that in my life. And then just realizing, At that point, I thought if people knew Christ, like, of course they'll come to him. Mm. And then realizing as I got older, like people knew who he was and still didn't want to be saved. Mm. And so that started a desire that not only wanted me to tell others about Jesus, but come alongside them in their questions and show them the goodness of Jesus alongside the truth of Jesus. So I started growing that desire through, or the Lord grew that desire through high school. I did evangelism explosion at Bethany. Oh,
0: wow. That's um, when really that was cool. a thing.
1: Yeah. So that was really fun. I got to do a lot of straight evangelism with a lot of practice here, a lot of training, which was really helpful. And then I did a lot of child evangelism fellowship through Treewin with Bethany and loved that. Mm, and then, mm. yeah, that just kind of led me to Moody.
0: Moody Battle um, Institute.
1: Moody Bible Institute. And so I got to go there because I really wanted to tell people about the gospel and mm. help them grow on their walk with the Lord. So I got a Bible degree in urban and children's ministry just to be equipped to care for the lost that way. Then I met and married Kyler there, which was super sweet. He's been a big impact and influence on my walk with the Lord. Praise and God. then we moved to Kentucky where he went to Southern Seminary for a while and Got his master's, or is getting his master's, and then I got to be trained in some biblical counseling while we were there as well. We're just entering into our fifth year of student ministries here. Can you believe it; it's <laughs> yeah, been five years. It's yeah. So crazy! It's been so fun. We just get to evangelize and help our youth grow here, which is really fun. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So, I remember when we were thinking about trying to get you guys to come up here and Josh and I agreed that hiring Kyler was getting like two uh, <laughs> quality people all all for one. So, anyways, Always we loved it. Yeah, we we love you, Katie, and we're glad to have you be part of our church and part of leadership here. So, Katie, this year we we're, we're we're trying to encourage and equip our church to pray the miracle. In other words, we're we're seeking to grow as a community in our practice of intercession for lost souls. In each episode on this podcast, we're trying to provide help so that we can overcome barriers that are holding us back. Today, I've invited you to come on, and and I wanted to talk with you a little bit about when we misunderstand the Bible's teachings on conversion, how that can become an obstacle for us. In our prayers for the lost, let's start right off with Katie. What do you think? Do you, do you think that our our theology or, or our understanding of conversion can affect our our prayer life for the lost?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it affects it greatly and in every way. It's essential to understand why we're saved and how we're saved in order to be able to pray effectively for others and to also be excited about our own salvation. In that salvation's not just a matter of what we do or intellectual assent to things that mm. are true. Uh, But it's a heart change. And so our salvation is completely dependent now and forever on Christ and what he's done for us, not on myself. And the means by which he saves is faith. And that's a Mm. gift of God so that no one can boast. Ephesians 2 talks about what we're really looking for and we're we're looking at when we talk about conversion and salvation is a heart change that has an evidence of life in Christ, Mm. not just like an ascent or understanding to certain theology even or outward things that we can do.
0: How do you think that changes like what we're praying for? You know, like if we understand these things about conversion. Yeah. That you just mentioned. Yeah. yeah. So
1: our prayers are the means that God uses to soften hearts and Mm -hmm. to help understand the gospel and those things we plant and we water the gospel seeds and then he provides the growth in our prayers. So that means that he chooses to use in order to do that.
0: Well, you know, as I think about it, I I think even the content of our prayer is Mm -hmm. shaped by these things, Yeah, you know, so I'm going to be praying for God to give Mm -hmm. things like faith. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be praying specific things. Like I often one of my my prayers for my kids almost every night is is kind of two things. Like one that they would realize that sin is their biggest problem. Mhm. And I'm asking God to do that because I think right. he's the one that has to like open their eyes yeah,
1: absolutely. to
0: their need for humility before him, their own depravity. Like only God can really help them to see that. Right. right. But then secondly, I pray that he would like open their eyes and their ears to his grace. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, so they're far worse. My, my children, my precious mm-hmm. children, all four of them are, they're on the one hand, more sinful and in deeper trouble than they could ever imagine. And yet, on the other hand, there is grace available to them that is more good and more pure and more perfect, completely mm-hmm. unearned and better than they could ever imagine. Right. Mm-hmm. So both are true, mm-hmm. you know, and both require like God to like open our eyes to that reality. Yeah. So that's one thing. Right. So I mm-hmm. think like that's like, that's a connection. Like the content of our prayers is going to be affected by what we believe
1: mm-hmm.
0: about conversion. But, like you know, I, I think like there there could be some other things like so. So what do you think about this? Like, do you think that that it could be challenging for some people to to enter into prayer for lost people because they don't recognize that they're lost because yeah. of a poor version. What do you think about that?
1: Yes, I do think that it is hard for us to enter into prayer for those who don't know that, or we don't know that they're saved or not. And so I think that really what we come to prayer and need to do in those situations is just to pray for their hearts. We don't know people's heart. Ultimately mm. we can tell by what they say and how they live and, um, those type of ways sometimes but the lord ultimately knows their hearts and so as we come and pray for those people in our lives we need to consider who those might be um Mm -hmm. based Mm -hmm. on those things and then Just pray that the Lord would, if they're not saved, save them, that uh, he would work in those ways to show them that sin is their biggest problem and that grace is their biggest gift to come to know him.
0: Totally. Yeah. One of the things that we've talked about on this podcast that I, and I I think a significant barrier for people is it keeps us from praying for the lost is like a lack of urgency. Mm -hmm. And so I actually think that's so tied to what we're talking about today. Yeah. Because, you know, if I have, if I have a family member or a neighbor or a friend that I think is probably saved, you know, Mm -hmm. or is saved because maybe they prayed a prayer one time or because I saw them baptized 20 years ago because they said, I'm a Christian. What I think could happen in my own heart is like I won't have an urgency for them mm-hmm. because I'm not aware of the necessity for people to be in submission to the Lord, mm-hmm. you know. And so so I think that's a huge barrier that especially in central Illinois is, is we're such a, a religious environment and community here mm-hmm. where, where we live that a lot, I would say the majority of people that I will start a, what I'll say a gospel conversation with, I would say, you know, at least 50% of the people mm-hmm. that I start talking to have some sort of religious background mm-hmm. and have some sort of theistic belief. Yeah. It would be really easy for me to therefore not feel a great amount of urgency yeah. to share with them and to actually get into the specifics of, of the gospel message of like what Christ has done and what he requires of those who follow him. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as we're talking about prayer, it would be really easy for me to to not be urgent, you know, and, and mm. not feel a zeal to be on my knees praying mm. for, before the Lord. So th- these are some of the ways that I see things connected. It's-
1: yeah, I think definitely being in our area and being around people who are consider themselves religious but don't actually know the Lord, I think it's so important to have and ask the Lord for discernment and, and wisdom and understanding where mm-hmm. those people are at and just how we can communicate best. And so, uh, James 1 says that God will give us wisdom if we mm-hmm. ask him. And mm-hmm. so I think that's another way to tie that end of prayer is asking for wisdom, knowing where people's hearts are at so we can better minister to them and better talk with them and ask them questions about the word. Yeah, just because there's a claim of faith doesn't mean we can take it at face value. And that sounds mean, but it's not like you're saying the stakes hey. are too high. Yeah, um, This is a yeah. matter of life and death yep. and a matter of eternal life and death. And so it's really yep. important that we seek to know where people's hearts are at. And so we can pray for them and ask the Lord to work in those ways.
0: I love what you just said, like the stakes are are too high because it's a matter of love Mm -hmm. that causes us to be be cautious about assuming faith, you know, whether that's in ourselves or or in others and, and it and I, I think there's a balance there right I, I think mm-hmm. like you know I, I don't think that we have to for instance make somebody go through uh, 10 years of catechism before they get baptized right you know, after <laughs> they can you know profess Christ so there's there's a balance but I think about like when when my kids uh, when I've taken my kids into the doctor or when I've gone into the doctor like I don't know have you ever noticed how they they come and they ask you questions like like four or five times yeah <laughs> and the same questions you yep. know and it's like but the truth is that's out of care mm-hmm. like that's that's because like These are professionals who understand that like slight deviation in what you're, you're sharing Mm -hmm. could mean like differences and what you're reporting your symptoms could mean a difference in the actual condition or or what's Mm -hmm. really going on, which is what they're there to help you with. And so I feel like there's a parallel there for us as we're just dealing with people.
1: Yeah. And I feel like what you're saying about questions too, I think the best way that I have found in talking with those who claim Christ but don't actually have a relationship with him is just asking good questions mm-hmm. and asking questions that are really basic to the gospel in different mm-hmm. ways. Um, yeah. What are some to,
0: of those questions that you yeah, ask people? I love that.
1: Yeah. So really getting down to it is how are you made right with God? Because that is different for every other religion except Christianity. Mm-hmm. And how are you, do you stay right with God? Um, mm-hmm. So those are basic two basic questions I think branch off in a lot of different ways. Yep. And depending on how they answer You can ask the Lord for wisdom to give you more questions to kind of delve into that. But those two questions have been, I think, the most impactful in Mm. creating those conversations and those opportunities and knowing how to pray for people and kind of seeing where their hearts are at. Because those are basic gospel questions. And if we get those wrong, we get the gospel wrong. I think also doing your research is really important. With different people, we can use the same words and mean very different things. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So doing your research as far as like if they're in a specific religion or something like that, you can do research there, but also just talking with them. Okay, what do you mean by grace? What do you mean by Mm. merit? What do you mean by all these different things? Yeah. Uh, Because we might say the same things, but we mean something very different by them.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that's so good, especially, um, you know, as we are interacting with, uh, with Roman Catholics, mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm, I would not say that like every single person who is a part of Roman Catholic parishes is, is certainly lost. Mm-hmm. What I would say is that the, the teachings that, that I've read in the Roman Catholic catechism mm-hmm. undermine and yeah. in some ways actually contradict what Paul says the gospel teaches. So I'm really interested when I'm talking to the (laughs) Roman Catholic, it's like, Hey, are you better than what your church's (laughs) teachings? You know, and, or do you have a misunderstanding of those two questions that you, you mentioned? Mm -hmm. I I think you're spot on, you know, like what has made you right Mm -hmm. with God and what keeps you right with God? And, and then, you know, you specifically mentioned some, some words that are, and, and this is really, I think, helpful for us in our environment because we have a large population of Roman Catholics Mm -hmm. that live in central Illinois and we need to love them. We need to be interested and curious and and thoughtful about Mm -hmm. like, how are they viewing the world and like, how are they viewing the Bible and, and the ancient faith? That's been handed down to us. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and specifically like, how are they viewing the word like grace? Because you're so right Mm -hmm. when they say that word and then you use the word merit. And then I think righteousness is another word, you know, when, when they use those words and even faith, I would say there is like, if you take each one of those words and you look at the, the actual Roman Catholic catechism, it's totally different than what like I believe the Bible teaches. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, sometimes you're talking with some, a Roman Catholic and their definition of faith seems to be different from their church's mm-hmm. teachings and, yeah. and more aligned with what the Bible teaches, which sure. is a- encouraging and hopeful. But, um, so anyways, you know, Katie, I love your heart for evangelism. Like just, I love that I can just imagine you as a little girl
1: <laughs> singing,
0: Jesus loves me. It reminds me of my, uh, little girls, um, and their boldness, um, but you know, you, whether that's growing up here, uh, you know, evangelism explosion, um, whether that's um your work in the inner city, um uh in Chicago during your time at Moody. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say are the and we've touched on them mm-hmm. and so maybe you can feel free to reiterate, but what are the what are some of the main misunderstandings
1: mm-hmm.
0: of conversion that you've run into in, in your life in ministry?
1: I think that there are a lot. There are three main ones that kind of stand out to me. And that would be basically how we're made right with God and the answer to that question. And I think first you have the moral question or the moral answer, which is what you get a lot when you do street evangelism as far as I'm a good person. Mm. Well, Romans 3.23 said, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So according to whose standard. Mm. So then you can get into that kind of conversation. But then you also have the sincerity answer of like, I just love Jesus and Mm. look at all the things I'm doing for Jesus. And I just feel good about this we ran into that a lot at moody actually in my urban ministry major there are people that i was sitting next to Mm. that we were studying the bible together and doing things together and had a lot of progressive christianity mixed Mm. in with that realizing like i don't actually think these people are saved because they are getting this wrong it's not what we do that makes us right with god or the fact Mm. that we're genuine about what we believe it's god giving us faith Mm. and what that looks like and so yeah i think there's like Definitely the moral answer, and then the sincerity answer, and then also just the intellectual and religious answer, which is kind of what we kind of touched on as far as even Roman Catholicism and different religions and stuff like that.
0: It's like, hey, yeah. I, I confess the creed. Like, <laughs> exactly. I confess that Jesus died on the cross and rose again. So, exactly. Therefore.
1: And you can even have that in the evangelical church, right? Right. Just like you're saying, not all Roman Catholics are condemned. Well, not all evangelicals are saved either. Mm. You can yeah. intellectually assent to something without actually submitting your heart to Christ. So, yeah, I think that is really the question of what is your faith resting on. So those are the three main ones. As far as you were saying about urgency, though, I think a helpful analogy, a couple of different helpful analogies. But as we interact with those people, we want to think about what it's going to be like for them in eternity. So like Mm. those conversations are very uncomfortable. And Mm. a lot of times, especially if they're in the religious category, will Mm -hmm. bring some persecution. And Mm. some unhappy uh, feelings towards you. Mm. And I think that we really need to think about eternity in view when we when we face that Mm. and just think about them standing before the Lord and Mm. him saying, like, they said, Lord, I've done all this for you. Right. Matthew Mm. seven. I've done all this. Like, let me in. And he Mm. says, depart from me. I never knew you. Mm. Do you want to be standing next to them saying, yeah, it was actually kind of uncomfortable for me to tell you about that. I wasn't really sure if you were saved. So I kind of avoided it. Mm. Like for them to look at you and ask, why didn't you tell me? Mm. Versus you standing there knowing you did everything that the Lord gave you in your power Mm. to take those opportunities and Mm. to love them well. Not that we can save them, we can't, but the Lord gives us those opportunities and just taking them and making sure that we're loving them well. Yeah.
0: That's so good. What encouragement would you tell some of the young ladies in our youth group, maybe, Mm. or just others? Or or what encouragement would you tell me, Katie? (laughs) Like, as as I'm thinking through people that, man, I'm just not sure where their heart is, because obviously we understand, like, there's different levels of maturity, Mm. you know, and Mm -hmm. there's times where it's like, man, I just see them acting in a way that's like out of step with the faith. They're not really exactly like rejecting Christ, Mm -hmm. but it's like, but maybe I haven't had the opportunity or, or maybe like they're saying the right thing things but their life is out of tune and so for whatever reason I'm I'm not sure mm-hmm. about their salvation like what encouragement would you have like what could people be praying mm. for for those that they love that are just kind of like a question mark for them
1: mm. yeah going back to like praying for their hearts right mm. the lord knows their hearts you don't have to know their heart and he is working in those ways as you pray Mm. uh, for them to have a softened heart, either to salvation or to repentance. Um, And then take opportunities that the Lord gives you. If you pray for opportunities, they will absolutely be there. So take Mm. the boldness that the Lord is going to give you through his spirit and ask them hard questions in love. Mm. Um, and if you have a good relationship with them to like point out those different ways, like, hey, I'm seeing this. This kind of concerns me. What are your thoughts about this? Or how can I encourage you in these ways? I think about the analogy that Rich uses often mm-hmm. of the bridge, mm. how in those relationships where we're either unsure if they're saved or we know that they're not saved, we just build that bridge as strong as we can mm-hmm. uh, through genuine love for them and mm. through genuine care, so we can push as much truth across as possible. We mm. have a really flimsy bridge. We're not going to be able to push that much truth across. Still should be pushing as much as we can, or transferring, I guess, lovingly. As we build that bridge and we care for them genuinely and build that connection with them, we can start bringing more truth over. And that is really the end goal, right? We're loving people unto the gospel.
0: Katie, I love the image of, of building bridges. As far as building relationships with those that we love so mm-hmm. that we might have opportunity. But could you give us some practical examples of of what that could look like to to be doing actions of love or investing relationally so that that happens?
1: Yeah, I think first just prayer and asking the Lord for specific opportunities where you can show love and um, really, yeah, just develop that relationship. So whether that's time, with the other person, whether it's easy or hard to spend time with them, Mm -hmm. that the Lord would bring those opportunities to spend time with them, getting to talk about what they're excited to talk about too. Just building that friendship and that relationship. And then as often as possible, as you see the Lord bringing opportunities, turning those conversations to gospel questions or yeah, just ways that you can continue asking questions and have genuine conversations
0: you know, and sometimes those bridges get like get forged and mm-hmm. it's like we didn't even lift a finger to do it. It was like God was just like mm. boom, 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 orchestrating it. Yeah. You know, like yeah. when we were living in Louisville, my, my wife would be walking our, our son around the apartment complex mm. and she randomly bumped into a lady from Sri Lanka. Mm. And they started walking together because she was looking for a friend and Mm. we were new to the area. And so we were definitely looking for friends. They ended up building a friendship that led to us having dinner with them Mm. multiple times and easily led as we're getting to know each other over a meal and sitting together in the living living room, easily led to gospel conversations Mm. because it's hard for me to, for us to share who we really are and what we're really interested in. Without it coming to Christ, you know? And so part of it's just building friendships, looking for friendships, new friendships, Mm -hmm. and then being genuine. I would tell you the biggest challenge for me right now in building bridges is because I'm I'm so engaged in the local Mm -hmm. church and doing good things with my brothers and sisters in Christ. And I'm so engaged with my family and the friends that I, I have right now. Mm. I struggle, Katie, to to build new relationships yeah. and new bridges. Yeah. But obviously there's there's the relationships I, I already have that mm. I can I can continue trying to, to strengthen that bridge so I can get the truth across.
1: Mm. Yeah, and I also think that's where serving in the church comes in a lot because serving through the church in our community is a big a big way to build those bridges. Mm. Um, I remember specifically um when I started to um have this really big desire for the last, I was volunteering at VBS um at a table as like a so table good. helper mm. even and sometime in early high school. And there was a little boy named Cameron at our table from the inner city. And he specifically is why the Lord drew oh. me to urban and children's ministry in the first mm. place. And I just got to talk with him all week about what he enjoyed and about the gospel and He didn't make a profession of faith that week, but it was something that I could build. And then during that week, I noticed, hey, his shoes are falling apart. Like, Mm. I really want to get him new shoes. So somebody in the church who knew the area took me down to his house. Uh, They had a connection that way. And so I was able to get him new shoes um, and talk to his mom about the gospel. I hadn't heard from him, prayed for him for years. Years later, when I was in college here in Peoria, I was volunteering at Southside Mission getting to tutor kids and trying to get the gospel in as many times Mm. as I could. And Cameron showed up in line uh, to get his food. Mm. And the Lord used those prayers Mm. to bring us to that moment. And I got to tutor Cameron for a year and get to tell him about the gospel again Mm. and get to talk with his family just a little bit. And so the Lord really used a very small way to practically care for someone else in order to build that bridge and create those opportunities for relationship and also then to guide me in what he wanted me to do mm-hmm. later.
0: Well, so let's let's be praying for stronger bridges. Yeah. Like stronger relationships. That's something we can specifically ask the Lord for. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I think that's I think that's really good. I also think like we could pray that God, or I, and I have done this for people in my life that, that are, are precious loved ones, but we, we can pray that God would reveal fruit to us for them. And I, I think that it's, there's just an honesty as we talk to the Lord to be able to say, you know, a oh Lord, like this person, let's say my cousin, I have questions about them and I love them. And mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, Lord, you know, their heart, mm-hmm. but would you, would you for sure? And here's another prayer that, that I'll often say Lord, strengthen their faith Mm -hmm. because it's like their faith, like give faith. And because the thing is, is I'm a believer. I love Christ. He Mm -hmm. saved me almost 20 years ago, but I still, he can grow my faith, Mm -hmm. you know, like he can give me stronger faith. And so when we know that God is the source of faith, we could just say, God, give it. Mm-hmm. Right. And in greater measure, yeah. Um, whether that and maybe for some with the question mark, that's new faith. That's yeah. actually genuine faith. But then perhaps others stronger, brighter, more fruitful, yeah, more effective yeah. faith. Anyways, that's something that I, I I ask the Lord to give is like, give me assurance for this person that I love. You know, yeah. he doesn't have to do that. Mm hmm but, but I, I think he's honored by that request. Katie, what passages shape your mindset when you think about praying for the lost? Are there any b- mm. scriptures that, that you go to that like help you think through like the practice of inter- intercessory prayer?
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of passages. Um, think about Matthew 9 that Pastor is just talking about on Sunday, about how the harvest is pl- plentiful, but the labors are few, and that urgency that we need to have for sharing and praying for those mm. opportunities. Um, I think about Matthew 13 and the parable of the sowers, we are meant to sow the seeds of the gospel and the Lord is in charge of what type of soil they fall on. And mm. he is responsible for the growth. I think of first Corinthians three, it talks about there was division in the church about Apollos and Paul, and he was following who. <laughs> and Paul's saying, what is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, is the Lord assigned to each and then he goes on to say that Apollo watered, he planted, but God gave the growth. We are God's fellow workers, and which is such an encouragement that through our prayers and through taking those opportunities that the Lord gives us, we are fellow workers with the Lord. And mm. he is the one that gives the growth, mm. which takes all the pressure off of me <laughs> mm. to produce any fruit because I can't
0: Yeah,
1: and just faithfully sow the seeds of the gospel. I also think about specifically as we talk about those who believe they're saved, but don't actually have a relationship with the Lord. I specifically think about, um, Matthew seven, um, 21 and on it said, or it says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my father, who's in heaven on that day, many will say to me, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many righteous works in your name? And then I will tell them, I never knew you depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I think where that picture of eternity really comes back in is standing next to them and and knowing that you took every opportunity the Lord gave you Mm. to reach out. And Hebrews 6 talks about those people who have come so close, (laughs) who Mm. have actually experienced the blessing even of the community of the Lord. And they know so much, but yet their hearts are still far from him. Mm. And I think also the thing that really comes to mind is counting the cost of having those relationships and those conversations that are really hard. Mm. Luke 14 talks about taking up our cross and following Christ Mm. and counting the cost of what that will be. That may cost you comfortability. It probably will. (laughs) It will Cost you different things. It might cost you dear friendships. It might cost you family relationships or mm-hmm. even your very life, especially for our brothers and sisters overseas. But genuine Christians can face that and still say, with Paul in Philippians 3 8, I count everything as lost because of the sake of Christ, the surpassing worth of knowing Christ, my Lord. And then also be comforted through the promise that the Lord gives that though my father and mother may forsake me, the Lord will take me in. And knowing that He is faithful to those promises, there is an urgency, there is a need. Uh, we are responsible for sowing the seed only and God gives the growth. Mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. we are' just responsible for praying yeah. and for taking those opportunities that the Lord gives us, trusting him with the outcome, whether yeah. that's counting the cost in certain ways, and knowing that He'll provide for us and for those uh, that we care enough to minister to, even through difficult conversations.
0: That's so good. thank you. yeah, thanks for th- sharing those those passages and in your heart. just as we close here, Katie, I, I would would you have any resources, books, articles, blogs, any resources at all, at all that you would recommend to those who want to grow in the the discipline of praying for the lost?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think of J.A. Packer's book, Evangelism and the Sovereignty of God. That is a really good book that has really solid theology and really practical steps as well. Well, ultimately, I think our main resource is the Word itself. If you're getting into the Word, as you grow deep, the Lord will widen your affections, and direct your affections to wanting others to know the Lord with you and to Mm. grow deeper with you. So definitely first get in the word and do that however you can, individually and then corporately, which is I really think our main resource we have for growing our effectiveness and our prayers for the lost is the church. Mm. Bethany has so many different ways that we can deepen our own faith in community, uh, whether that's through small groups or Sunday school, or if you're a student youth group, like Mm -hmm. surrounding yourself with people Um, that also love the Lord and who are also passionate for evangelizing and coming alongside those who are lost. So definitely deepening your own faith within serving. That is the main way that the Lord grew that desire in me to love the lost and be trained for that specifically through VBS is actually where the Lord started that for me through serving there or through child evangelism fellowship, through serving as a small group leader. So all those different ways, I think serving in the church is our main resource for Mm. how the Lord grows. Our love for him and our knowledge of him and our desire for seeing other people come to know him and go deep, getting into the word and getting to serve. Yes, yeah. are the main ways.
0: Yeah. And even our comfort for, with prayer. You yeah. Know? We learn to pray by praying. Absolutely. And, and by listening to the, the hearts of other saints pray too. So, yeah. well, Katie, it's been a joy to spend some time with you this morning and thanks for coming in. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Pray the Miracle podcast. We pray that you found this week's episode helpful and inspiring. Our challenge for this year is to pray for two people who are close to you, but far from God. And so we created a special tool to help you to do just that. It's an email list that will send you a simple action step each week. All of them are designed to get you praying and sharing. You can sign up for a 13-week challenge, a solid 26-week challenge, or go all the way and do the 40-week challenge by going to bethanycentral.org slash Miracle.